0: Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association.
1: And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday.
0: Well, today we're going to do something a little different. Um, our guests today are Catherine and um OEA vice president Carrie Eldge Carrie how are you
2: Oh I am here again for the second podcast Yay! I know. friend Yay. of the pod we're very
1: happy that you're back we're going to also make you a permanent seat in the podcast right yes now. So you would excited. love it yeah
0: she doesn't want that um so today i wanted to visit with you guys about uh, a member survey that we did we had more than 800 educators from across the state representing all geographies, all stages of careers, um, all parts of the school system. And uh, we asked them a lot of questions about the pandemic and how they're doing this third school year uh, affected by COVID. And um, so I wanted you guys to kind of interpret for for us what these numbers mean. So first of all, uh, we know that COVID is still taking a toll on our schools. When you look at the number of – we asked – has a student tested positive uh, for covid in your building since returning to school so just a couple of months 94% said yes and employees has somebody has a colleague in your building tested positive 82%. Yeah. I mean that's those numbers are crazy. Is that what you're hearing yeah, from that, from people across the state?
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, we we knew we were going to be in a crisis when this school year started. We had been listening to the experts, they had been sounding the alarms, what was going to be needed. And this just hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, and it was gut wrenching in the mm. same respect, too, because we knew there was going to be a crisis, we knew it was coming, we need to be prepared. And then when the numbers came out, it was just like, oh Whoa. my gosh.
0: Yeah. One of the things that surprised me was we asked about um, safety protocols in schools. Um, Does your district require students and staff to isolate after a positive COVID test? So someone tests positive, do they have to stay home? And 12% said no. Did that surprise you, Carrie?
2: So there is actually state law on communicable diseases, students who are in a position where they may be contagious, absolutely should not be at school, and state law dictates that. So I think what's surprising is that we aren't following the law. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, i uh, I was also surprised by that as well because I mean I thought that was a policy or a, a rule everybody yeah. followed. But
1: and, and Carrie and I had been getting. Talking with members, we had been hearing these stories that this was happening out in our districts, mm-hmm. but then to see it on paper, right? W- there's a there's a sense of anger that starts mm-hmm. building up that mm-hmm. we are flatly ignoring the law and putting people at risk.
0: Right, right, and it's because, as you know, I mean, a, a school is reflective of a community, and that includes vulnerable populations, yeah. kiddos who, yeah. I mean, obviously younger kiddos can't get vaccinated at all, but mm-hmm. we've we I visited with uh, Brie Johnson just recently about, you know, her uh, special needs and how that puts her at a higher risk. Um, you know, another, another thing that I thought was interesting was the astronomical number of people who are in school in person. Last year, we saw lots of switching back and forth Mm and, and AB days and, you know, we're going to be virtual for a while and then in person for a while, but 99% have taught in person either all year or most of the year. Um, And that's maybe a little different than the narrative that's out there about what's happening with school. Yeah.
1: You know, school, school has continued since um, March of 2020. I'm going to get my years right. 2020. Yes. Yes. And school has been happening. How school has looked has been different. Sure. How learning has taken place has been different but we and i think it illustrates the point that our goal and our objective was to get back face to face. Yeah. Schools last year worked through that process to make sure they had protocols yeah. in place and so we we kind of had this high hope in July okay we're going to have like a restart. Yeah. And, but knowing in August it was it was going to take some procedures in yeah. place to keep people safe but the goal was to get because we know the importance of face to face learning. So that's a, that in a sense is a positive aspect that that kids are face-to-face, yeah. teachers are and support professionals are face-to-face, that, that socialization is happening. It's so important. Um, and so we've, we've made that turn. But in the other side of that is to know that knowing that we don't have protocols in place,
3: mm-hmm.
1: whether it's quarantining, isolation, universal masking, whatever we're going to say is not there. Uh,
0: Carrie, how do you think that um, folks feel to be back face-to-face with their kiddos?
2: Listen, we've learned, if we didn't already know, that people need people.
0: Mm-hmm. We know
2: that the thing that gets us in the classroom, what our educators need the most, is to be around our students. They are our why. Mm-hmm. They are why we are there. So I think, I think that what I'm hearing is our educators are loving being around their students again. That's mm-hmm. what gives them life. That's mm-hmm. what energizes them. Mm-hmm. That's why we are here. But there's still that element of, but are we safe? And mm. and I think our data proves it. I think what we're seeing on the daily proves that there are lots of questions still hanging in the air.
0: Yeah. Um, Another issue that came out of this survey was uh, that schools really have a substitute teaching crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, we asked if... Um, we asked people to describe their sub situation, and only nine percent said that they had enough subs to continue on as normal. Nine percent that was that means that things are not going great right. in ninety one percent of our schools. um catherine, how how did you respond when you when you saw that stat?
1: You know, in years past, we've we know we've substitutes are difficult to get. Mm-hmm. It is uh, not a glamorous job. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of our retired educators come yes. back and sub. So we were already starting kind of with a shortage, but this has exacerbated it. Yeah. And um, we, we've seen that in the last year and a half. What what was interesting in the beginning of the year, talking with the experts, their, their view was we're going to be shut down in two weeks. We're just mm-hmm. not going to have enough personnel yeah. in two weeks. But what this survey shows is that we, because there was just like this tiny sliver that have actually closed school because yes, they didn't have enough subs. One percent. And so what they've done is they've just kept on pushing it through with lack of subs. But we know the effects of that and what it's had on our our teachers. It's. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah, what does I was just going to say, like?
2: like educators are the ultimate Tim Tim Gunn. We make it work, and that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what is happening in the situation. We we take a crisis and we make it work, yeah. and that is
0: that's what's happening right now. So what happens? So for folks who maybe don't work in education, what happens at Carrie, you taught fifth grade. Correct. What mm-hmm. happens when you don't have a sub and some one of your teammates is gone? So let's talk about our
2: support personnel for just a moment. This yes. is a perfect time to highlight why they are so critical. Um, they are the backbones of our school districts. And whenever we don't have enough subs, what happens is we start looking at the staff as a whole. Mm-hmm. Who can mm-hmm. we pull? Can mm-hmm. we pull this teacher during their planning period um, so that, so that we can cover classes now they don't have a planning period so they're having to yeah. do a lot of things off mm-hmm. contract but our support staff who is hired to do one job is often getting told as soon as they get to work i'm going to need you to cover for mrs smith today yeah and they are full-time mrs smith that day mm-hmm. and then they're getting sick so the things that we're seeing um just statewide in restaurants in our businesses where there is just sort shortage of employees that's exacerbated at our schools as well and we're again Tim Gunn making it
0: work but to what end yeah. you know when I think about support staff who get pulled in um it's not like they didn't have stuff to do right yeah. you know I mean it's like well sorry you can't really be the financial secretary today as yeah. if all of that' work just yeah goes on pause
1: I, I remember when I was in the, as a as a special education, teacher. Yes. I had a paraeducator for twenty three years and um they would just kind of my principal would come to me and go, Can I, I was like,
0: Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Because you turn right back around. You know,
1: we're a team. We're you know we're out in classrooms. Yeah. We're servicing kids, and right. that's I think Carrie's point is our assistants, our paraeducators, everybody in that school is assisting with kids, right? And the in the impact, right. and that's where the impact is happening is with kids. I remember at elementary. It's very hard at the elementary level to say um, during your playing time you're going to go cover a class because there's. You, on a grade level, you may only have three people on a on a plan time. Yeah. So what they do is they then split the classes. Yes. And and send kids to other classrooms. But at the high school, you've got a greater population in middle school too. Uh, people that have planned time at the same time but then they're not getting the time they need
0: to prepare and be ready and talk about split classes i <laughs> oh mean my during goodness. during a pandemic yeah. i mean well first of all can yeah. i just say i can't even fathom that as yeah. like i just imagine well first of all i shouldn't be in charge of like 25 6 year olds to start with yeah. but then to be in charge of like 46 year olds
1: yeah yeah it's uh welcome to we're going to have to pivot because it's like at the last minute, right? Hey, you're, we're going to have to split so-and-so's class and you've got half of the kids or sometimes it's the whole class. I only had two, two teachers per grade level at my elementary. There is no splitting the class in fifth grade. They're coming in. And so whatever you were going to do today, all the objectives that you were going to teach, you've had to just kind of pivot and you're going to have to do something to have two classes in one classroom. Um, and so it, it, it's a day, it's a, I hate to say it, it, it is a day that students lost learning.
2: And never mind physical distancing and yeah, contact yeah, tracing, yeah. tracing. What yeah. are those right. things? Yeah. Never mind yeah. that because right. we're yeah. again yeah. making it work. <laughs> oh, I have a theme here. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: know. It, it's just, Carrie, it's just frustrating because also what I haven't heard and I've asked it continually with members around our state so you, we have a sub crisis. What's the threshold of the district when you have to say, we're going to have to move to distance learning? Yeah. We do not have enough school personnel in our building yeah. to service the students we need to do. When are we going to have to, and, and, and are we going to gain more learning if we go to distance? Yes. And not... Okay, I've just combined two classrooms or whatever.
0: And like Carrie mentioned, to what end? I just, to me, I just think about burnout. Yeah, and yeah. and especially for you know our our support professionals who, I imagine this year are having to cover classes. Even I mean, they were having to cover classes before, you know, yeah. before the pandemic, and now you've got to be exhausted. Yeah. You're trying to be a registrar and too bad because there are no subs and yeah. now you're you're yeah. the sub. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, one of the things that happened during um the last year, and I, I've said it often, with the pandemic, it I, I use the analogy, it opened the roof of our schoolhouses. Our our the outside public was saying asking these questions. Well, how are kids going to be fed? Mm. How, who's going to, who's going to be home with students? What, what all the, and we knew this was already happening. Yeah. Our, our educators know students, our students that have food insecurities, they know the students that maybe are in a family that are experiencing trauma on a daily basis. They know that we have to use this opportunity to not let that schoolhouse roof close.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We need to use this as an opportunity that we need more supports and services inside our schools. And we need to be wrapping those services around them.
0: So speaking of support. Yeah. Excellent point. Um, we also asked, we asked uh, educators, support staff, admin, how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they need some support. It, it was to me, pretty, pretty shocking. Uh, when we asked them how describe how you feel about the school year in one word wow. and overwhelmed, stressful, exhausted, frustrated, tired, anxious, hopeful, scary, love, and challenging. I it was those words were I think very revealing. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think when you hear when you hear that list?
1: It, it paints the perfect picture of what's happening in our schools. Um, when we, Carrie and I, have been out and have had the opportunity to actually get to meet face-to-face, which is really exciting. We want to do it in yeah, a safe after all way. And yeah. um, they don't even have to say the words. You can mm. see it on their face. You can see it in their eyes. They are exhausted. Yeah. They are um, so frustrated. And I think it goes a lot back to you know Senate Bill 658 created so much havoc and chaos mm-hmm. and from the beginning of the school year d- districts are doing the best they can mm-hmm. but the chaos and the 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 non-unity of our communities yes. coming together like they did last year right yeah, you know, everybody it's, pulled together last year. It's not right. that way this year. Right. And it's it's very disheartening. Hey
2: Catherine, have you seen the SNL skit that was from last week that was specifically about school board meetings? <laughs> you want to talk about non-unity? Yeah. Everybody's focused on something different yeah. and everybody has an opinion. And that's great and that's important, but we need to get back to the heart of why we are here, which is educating our
0: students. Yeah. Right. Whenever things get sideways in education, it's because people have stopped thinking about kids. Every yeah. time. And when you come back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's best for kids, then we can get back on yeah. track. Like La- Last year, it was, what
1: about the kids? What right. about the kids? Right. And this year, there's not that question. Right. Nobody, I'm not hearing anybody right. going, well, wait a minute. What about our students that may have to stay virtually? I think about Bree,
0: mm-hmm. who it's
1: not safe for her to be in school. Yeah. nobody. I'm not hearing that this year. I'm not hearing it.
0: You know, I've been thinking... Uh, I so I have two school age kiddos and this bless your heart I know <laughs> God bless you Um they you know they had to both quarantine for 2 yeah. weeks and you know I feel like their teachers did absolutely as best they could to mm-hmm. kind of keep them on track and keep them you know up with what's going on but I was just like good lord like our teachers already have I mean in a regular year in a regular year, non-pandemic year, there's already this massive workload and now they're having to, on the fly, switch what they're doing in the classroom to try to keep my kids on track with the rest of their classmates. And maybe that works and maybe it doesn't because some stuff just is in person. you know. And that added... I I just think about that added workload Mm -hmm. under a time that's already stressful. Um, And a lot of our educators say two out of three, 67%, two out of three said that they don't have enough time for their workload.
2: What we're seeing right now, actually, is uh, local associations who are surveying their own members and they're trying to find out to get to the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. We know coming up here in Middell, there's a school board meeting yeah. and they are organizing to be able to present that data to the school board to let them know this workload is is unimaginable. We're yeah. adding things to our plates. We're learning new technology. Mm-hmm. We're adapting. But it is... It is it is really difficult, and to, it's it's killing us.
1: Yeah, Carrie makes a great point. And um, we talked about the fact that the majority of our students are face to face learning, mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. But what what also we've seen in districts that uh, teachers are either teaching totally virtually. Or they're teaching face-to-face. But if they're teaching face-to-face, let's talk about what their day looks like. Mm-hmm. They may be giving up their plan. They probably are giving up their plan time to go cover a class or they're taking in additional students or whatever that sub-shortage may look like. Mm-hmm. For their students that are needing to quarantine and yep. will need them to do that right. thing, they are uploading assignments on Canvas. They right. are shooting videos of themselves to make sure that they have the instruction that they need. This is like on a daily yes. basis. yes, And it's it's taken its toll it's unsustainable yeah it that is thank you that just <laughs> tied it up in a pretty little bow <laughs> there it is it's 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 not sustainable
0: well um edu- our ed- Oklahoma educators need our support so what does that look like each of you tell me what what can just a regular parent a regular community member do to encourage our teachers or support them
2: our educators need to be listened to right now they are the experts they are the mm, ones yes. who have gone to school to do this job they know what they're doing their heart is in the right place so the best thing that i could advise any community member parent ask a teacher sit down and talk with them and and learn their struggle mm-hmm. find out what's going on and then brainstorm yeah. with them yeah. about ways that you can help make it better
1: yeah i'm gonna tag on the carries. that's perfect um Just ask, ask a school employee, what can we do to help and support you? What can we do to help and support
0: and become
1: a sub? Yes. Oh, (laughs) Lord.
0: Yes. Um, My, well, I, now I'm going to go email my kids' teachers right now and ask them what What I can can do to help help them. And, you know, sometimes it's just when all the rhetoric is happening out in
1: our communities Mm -hmm. and the negativity. Be the voice of support. Be the bo- Go to a school board meeting and say thank you, educators. Thank you for doing what you're doing every
0: day. A, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, actually rounded up some friends and did this. They made posters and they sat in their cars so yeah. that they were socially distanced. Uh-huh. So that school board members would see them go into the meeting with their signs. Yeah.
1: And thank our school board members. Not, you know, it is a school community yeah. that they are... Um, they are making tough decisions right now, and they need to feel the support as well, not a division.
0: So, what I hear you say is maybe shouting in the parking lot is not helping anyone, yeah, or including our children.
1: Not. Yeah. If we're shouting, "I love you, you're the best,"
2: <laughs> maybe that's okay. Um, that might be a good feel <laughs> yeah. but I, yeah. I'm not hearing those
1: stories yeah. on the news. So, yeah. I
2: mean, debatable.
1: Yeah. You know, I you know how much I. Don't love social media. Yes. But if you're going to say something on social media, please be supportive and say thank you. Yep, Just thank you for what you're doing, and we're here to support you, and we're here to make sure that you have safe working environments and students have safe learning environments.
2: I saw just yesterday someone had delivered snacks to the class for the class but they also dropped off some special snacks for the teacher and so the teacher snapped a photo of it and posted on social media those itty bitty things yeah they might not seem important but they are because they're making a difference drop it off for the support staff let them know do something real kind for i mean all you run out to to the bus
1: driver make sure they feel your love that you that they're there yeah
0: well, um, if you would like to read all the results from the survey, you can go to OKEA.org and they're right there uh, linked from the homepage. Um, Catherine, Carrie, thank you guys so much. Hey, it was great. Go team.
1: Oh, we should ask Carrie, what's her prediction for the score for this weekend?
2: Well, I know that I changed the color of my outfit this weekend when I had a pumpkin colored one. That's what Ooh. we'll call it. It's not burnt orange. So, um, oh, you better win. Boomer.
0: Well, we are so honored today to have with us the newly appointed Associate Executive Director yes. of Legislative and Political Organizing, which can't even fit on a business card, uh-huh. Ivy Riggs. How are you, Ivy? I'm great, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so we're here uh, to talk about Run the Race. So give us, a it's an event that OEA is hosting in January. Tell us a little bit about what this is.
3: Run the Race is a, a candidate training for folks wanting to run for anything from local school board all the way up to Congress. Mm -hmm. Um, we just want to prepare our members, those that, uh, want to try this, Mm -hmm. want to put their, put their name on a ballot. Mm -hmm. We want to, uh, give them some resources for that.
0: And volunteers too, right? If you want to be involved in a, in a race. So I was going to say,
1: so I want, I don't, I don't want to put my name on the ballot, but I want to get out there and help them.
0: Says someone is who's this, elected to a statewide office. Is this going to help office? them too? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> someone that doesn't want to put their name
3: on a ballot, but
0: but this
1: is for yes. those people that want to get active in their campaigns and help them yes. out and get
3: engaged. Yes. I think now more than ever we are seeing uh, mm-hmm. results of folks not being involved, mm-hmm. and we're we're suffering yep. through uh, not being involved, and so okay. we are hopeful that we're going to get some people that are just frustrated enough, not to the crazy point, <laughs> but just frustrated enough to, even if even if I can't be on my local school board because I work there, right? but maybe I know someone who'd be a great school board member and is willing to yeah. do something like that, then uh, we're going to offer in the same training, we are going to offer um, to let non-members come that are, we're calling it sponsored by a member, but um, basically, just that you've maybe you've recruited this person, mm-hmm. or maybe you're trying to talk them into doing <laughs> it, even if they don't run in this next cycle. Right. Yeah, uh, to get some information, what would what would that entail? What what would it look like? And so that's what we're wanting to provide folks with.
1: Yeah, because we're at a critical time because school board, help me, Madam School Board Member. Oh Lordy, yes. uh,
3: to to file for
0: office. December. It's, it,
1: yeah. So it is coming quick.
0: Yep. Right around the coming corner. Quick. So what are some of the things that, um, that you're going to be covering just like big picture?
3: Big picture. So, um, fundraising mm-hmm. It's a, it's a part people Everyone's hate. A it's a favorite, favorite. Right. <laughs> It's a terrible part of it, but, um, I'll, I'll be honest, um, you know, in big districts, a school board race, uh, fundraising will be a part of that, but in many small towns, it's not, it's just yeah. who puts mm-hmm. their name on a ballot. And so it's making truly we have we have gotten people elected. We have helped locals, our locals, our members mm-hmm. get some folks elected to school boards that they made 30 phone calls and it made the difference because mm-hmm. the turnout is that right. that low. Yeah, yes. you see those election results right. and so it's so it's how do you target who to make phone calls mm-hmm. to? How yeah. do you call the election board and yep. get a report of who votes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, calling people that don't vote or aren't registered doesn't help. You right. you can talk that. to all your neighbors and if they don't <laughs> vote, it doesn't matter.
1: I don't think they realize that. Um just general knowledge that you can get from your election boards the people that are registered to vote and yeah. that
3: information. We recommend getting uh who has voted in the last three elections. Yeah. Because then you'll have a, you know, a presidential race, you'll have a governor race, you'll have, you know, your midterms, yeah. and then you'll see school board. So it yeah. just depends on on what we're targeting. But but we're gonna try to equip them with how to how to get that information. Um, how to fundraise if that's, if that's the mm-hmm. level that you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, how to, how to kind of target, um, we call it field work. So mm-hmm. what doors to knock if, that's, mm-hmm. if, if you're running for an office that, that that's going to be necessary. Um, how to make the most use of your time. And we're going to bring in yeah. some experts in those fields, some political consultants, some legislators that have been elected mm-hmm. and, and what worked for them, what they might have done differently.
0: And something I want to touch on real quick, nonpartisan.
3: Absolutely, we do not care what party it is. Uh, we specifically are going to bring in legislators from both parties mm-hmm. to show that yeah, uh, this is we're, we care about children. Yeah, we care about public education. Yep, we do not care what party you're in.
0: Yep. So, talk about why do this now? Um, what is happening in the world that makes this necessary?
3: You know, we've done a couple of these before. Mm-hmm. Um, our and first they've been one. outstanding. Yeah, they they have been. They haven't been. Um the the first one wasn't. Uh, wasn't big, mm-hmm. but it was out of the necessity uh, during the walkout. It was filing time in April, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. we had uh, we had members file out of sheer frustration yeah. mm-hmm. and despair, yeah. Wow. I don't, some of them didn't know who they were running against. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't know what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, many sure, of them didn't right. know what they were getting into. Right. But uh, we did one, we scrambled around wow. and within a month we had one and we we basically just wanted to say, you've done this brave thing. Here's a, here's, here's a, a bit of a handbook and how yeah. to get started. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't raise money for you. We can't, right. you know, right. whatever, but, but that's kind of how we started doing it. Then the next one we did was, uh, you know, with a with a little more thoughtfulness and a little mm-hmm. less panic. We had a little time to prepare. Yeah, <laughs> and so I I want to make clear we are not recruiting members to run against incumbents. Incumbens. Yeah, we are not doing that. We do not do that. We will yep. not do that. Mm-hmm. Not. All the Doctor Seuss terms, yeah, no, <laughs> not, not, not with, on a boat. Exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so there are rumors that float around out there. Yeah. We have, uh, we have very pro-public ed folks that yeah. will call me and say, "Why did you get this teacher to run against me?" We did not. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we, we. Our role is not to tell our members what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, our right. member, our role is to try to help them with what they have already decided to do, and so, yeah. so that's kind of where this came from. And I will say the other why we've involved, uh, why we've included school board for the first time, um, at a local level, we've helped locals that have wanted to, um, turn their school board around. They felt Mm -hmm. like they weren't very teacher friendly or weren't very employee friendly and Mm -hmm. had, had maybe a different agenda than, than what they felt like was best for kids and best for themselves. Yeah. We've, we've done that on a local level Mm -hmm. for years. Yeah. Just real targeted. Right. Yeah. Upon request,
1: yeah, I was going to say when when requested, <laughs> exactly targeted when requested. But
3: what we are seeing now, nationwide, but especially statewide, is, I mean, literal riots mm-hmm. at school board meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are seeing a, I will, just put it out there, a crazy faction of mm-hmm. folks who who do not care what the, what the consequences of mm-hmm. of this of this nonsense is i don't i don't have a word for it that's appropriate for a podcast <laughs> right now it's um, just it's sad, it, it is it, it's saddening it, it is and it. and we've got school board members that are trying to listen to their employees and are trying to listen to what i will call common sense parents about safety yeah. issues for their children yeah. and and when they've uh, allowed masks if they've you know mm-hmm. they it, it truly came out of a out of out of senate bill 658 um
1: And then it's sad that you, how you had to have just have to say that they allowed
3: mask. Right. Right. So, so we want, we are seeing uh, a few weeks ago in Edmond, I was sent a video of a, of a screaming, yelling. Mm -hmm. I I can't even wrap my brain around that. This is at a school board meeting. And it was a, a mob of parents screaming Mm -hmm. and yelling at school board members and very quickly uh, one resigned. That is a phenomenal school mm-hmm. board member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, school board's not partisan. It no. doesn't need to be partisan. It should no. never... Children Agreed. Do, are not members Absolutely. of any party. Right. So... Except the birthday party. <laughs> 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 if there's cake, I'm a member. <laughs> um, so that's kind of why we really wanted to look at school board. But this training is going to be in January. Uh, filing for school board is in December. So we're hoping to uh, get the word out to our members now. Yeah. So that if you are, are, if you've got someone in mind, if you, maybe you live in one district and you teach in another district, mm-hmm. you could be a school board member where you live right. and that's not a conflict. So we do have some of that, that, that happens throughout the state. We've got a couple of members mm-hmm. that are school board yeah, members uh-huh. in other districts. Um, but also, uh, we have talked about even the, uh, you know, maybe we don't get someone for this cycle. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a school board member that is, not good for kids that is up for election next year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so this training could be, maybe I could talk a couple of people into coming and seeing what it's about. Yeah. Uh, And then over the next year we can work on that. So, so I kind of see it uh, having a a couple of purposes.
0: You know, it's not just, I mean, school board, the legislature, all of this stuff is the long game because it's not, you know, people are going to cycle out that are good and maybe you don't want to run against them now, but there's going to be a vacancy at some point that that you want to be filled with someone else who is pro public school. So it's not just about like right this minute, um, but also you know we've seen nationally extremist groups call for people to run for local office mm-hmm. and state office, um, not with the purpose of supporting schools, but with the purpose of chaos. And so that does that honestly worries me about you know, what we're going to see in December for filing.
3: It does me too. Um, when people do brave things, when when leaders step up and do brave things, whether that's a legislator or a superintendent or a school board member, um, people that don't like that are are going to attack. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it is our job to then provide support for those brave people and somebody that will take on that, that, the, the crazy side. I don't know what else to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, in, in, in many cases, uh, it, it is not just one party. It is not, right. they are just extre- extremists. Right. That's a great, that's a great term that you used. Um, so, so it's not a, it's not a Democrat Republican issue.
0: Right. Well, if you are interested in registering, the registration is up now, it's free for OEA members and their guests go to slash run the race thank you very much ivy we appreciate your time
3: thanks for having me
1: well let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. i want to push out again carrie the outstanding professional learning that we have coming up this month uh you know August is a crazy month. It is yes. packed full of yes. lots of stuff. But the good stuff that I want to talk about is um, one of our PD sessions. It's called Knowledge in 90, uh-huh. and it's going to be over classroom management. And it's, we we bring together educators in the field to talk about their experience in their professional learning and to help guide um, what you can do to have Better classroom management, the strategies, the everything that you need to know around that. And we so, all need it. Every, yeah.
0: Everybody needs a refresher. You, you know what I mean?
1: You know what? Every year you get a whole new set of kids. Yes. And and students have their own personality. Indeed. Believe it or not. <laughs> and um, they're unique in their own special way. And yeah. so it takes some restrategizing yeah. and, and how you yeah. and in your perspective on classroom management. And so that's October twenty first at four thirty for uh, just some great professional learning so go to our website okea.org pd and remember when you register you can check all the ones you're interested in yeah. and then you just like magic you get the link right before that one starts yep. and and you're ready to jump on they're all virtual and so and free yeah oh fr- uh, i love free stuff it's so <laughs> cool and you can jump on jump off it's it's your time that
0: Part of what your membership yeah. paid for, so take advantage of yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and then if you, we've got really two really important uh, test prep um, PDs coming up for the. OS- I'm going to say this right: OSAT Elementary Math Test, and so yeah. it's just going to be focusing on the math component of the OSAT Elementary test. Uh-huh. And one is on October the 28th and the 30th. So those are the only time that they're being provided by our college uh, professors that are bringing great information, um, to help be prepared and, um, make sure that you have all the knowledge you're going to need to set for that. I mean, tests are stressful enough as it is. It, yes. Let's just be honest about it.
0: And you can also get a coupon for half off the <gasps> test. Yes. Get so, so get both of those code,
1: the 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 there. Yeah. Go to OEA.org slash test prep for that. Yep. And last but not least next week fall break's coming up yes. and it could not happen at a better time. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of our schools, I've looked at the calendars across uh-huh. the state. The majorities our of our schools will start, start fall break next year. It uh-huh. may go into the next week. Um, but please just take some time, rest, relax, rejuvenate, Yes, spend time with your families and your loved ones. Unless you don't
0: like them. Then spend time alone
1: or spend time (laughs) with yourself catching up on all those um, Netflix and uh, Apple TV. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Are you,
0: are you doing anything for fall break, Catherine?
1: Uh, I am not. Oh, sorry. Uh, I will Well, well I'm, I'm going to be, uh, because not all of our schools take fall break at the same time. Yeah. So it's an opportunity. If we can be out in the field, we're out in the field. Yep. That's what okay. we want to be. That's where we want to be.
0: Well, I am taking a fall break with my children. Yay. And I'm looking forward to seeing family, including... Um, my grandmother who lives in a nursing home for the first time since the Yay. pandemic. So I am very much looking forward to, uh, to take fall break and um, seeing my people. Good for Cause you. Cause I like them. Good for I like you. them.
1: That's it. And you know what? We have to give ourselves permission sometimes and just, we got to do it.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm just, I'm just taking off some work and I'm going to go yeah. see my people. Well, we want to say thank you so much to OEA Vice President Carrie Ellidge and uh, Associate Executive Director of Legislative and Political Organizing, Ivy Riggs for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Copernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association.
1: And I'm Catherine Bishop, President of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.